Welcome to uh, Climate Optimus. I'm Jason Lewis. And I'm Thomas Mills. The podcast is on spring break until the first week of April, but we thought we'd bring you a couple mini episodes to tide you over. The bad news today, Todd, our regular co-host, won't be joining us. You know, when I reached out to say we were going to record, he just wasn't very responsive. Maybe he's finally getting that uh, that college spring break that he that he always wanted. So, you know, Todd, wherever you are, we hope you're having fun, and you know, we hope you'll come back and join us at some point soon. <laughs> so today, we'd like to do what we always do and try to highlight some progress on the climate front. This reason for hope comes from some exciting legal developments as governments look to hold fossil fuel companies accountable, you know, for their decades-long disinformation campaigns that have unfortunately delayed climate action. The first piece of good news comes from Hawaii, where the uh, city and county of Honolulu had filed a lawsuit against a slew of oil companies there, including Exxon, Shell, Chevron, and others, you know, basically alleging that they'd misled the public about the dangers of fossil fuels and that this delayed climate action or even prevented it. And then in turn, you know, Hawaii is now being exposed to increased flooding, extreme weather events, and, and rising sea levels. The oil companies, for their part, have countered, arguing that the case belongs in federal court, and the judge thankfully rejected that claim. So the good news is the case can now proceed, and it'll be exciting to watch and see how that, how that shakes out. The second piece of progress comes from Manhattan, where the second U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals ruled in favor of the states of Massachusetts and New York, who initiated a climate probe into ExxonMobil back in 2016 and have been fighting back and forth with them ever since to get a hold of their internal communications about climate change. The states have, you know, alleged similarly to Hawaii that Exxon has misled investors and the public. Exxon's been working to block the state's subpoena. And now with this latest ruling, finally, these attorney generals are going to get a hold of the documents they want. And while these cases seems like move glacially slow, it's nice to see some some progress. Yeah, look, I, I think this is, I mean, it's a small win in the scheme of things, but at the same time, I, I hope it acts as a bit of a call to arms for other um, legal firms out there who have a passion for doing something about climate change to step up to the plate and open up more cases like this against the fossil fuel industry because unless we continue to drive this from all angles we're not going to achieve what we need to achieve to keep global warming at that magical 1.5 degrees or less yeah that's a great point i mean the reality is you know here on climate optimus we're always trying to advocate for legislative solutions but given where we are at the 11th hour in terms of being able to solve climate change and maintain that magical 1.5 degrees or less of warming, we're going to need it, you know, from the justice system as well as the legislative side. So yeah, two, again, small victories in the big scheme of things, but I don't know about you. I'm excited to see what these uh, internal communications at Exxon have in them. Yeah, I'm sure their paper shredders are running over time at the moment. <laughs> it's been a while since we addressed listener comments. And so with this extra time on our hands, we thought we'd tackle one today. This comment comes to us from Erica regarding our aviation episode. She said, I kept thinking you'd hit the point of questioning the need for travel for certain work meetings given what's happened over the last two years. And also pointed out that, you know, it could boost employee satisfaction and serve as a tool to cut emissions today. Both great points. It's clear that if COVID has proven one thing, that business 
can be done virtually. And while there's always that occasional meeting to, to build relationships that's valuable, the reality is the vast majority of business trips, can speak from personal experience, are, are unnecessary. And so the ability to conduct business virtually is really opens the door for us to be able to scale back the, the amount of, of business travel. For context, business travel represents about 12% of you know, total passengers. But you know the reality is they're typically higher emissions because these are the folks that are you know, booking those sweet first class and business class seats. And so, yeah, it's, it's not insignificant. And I think the reality is being more deliberate and taking those meetings that are really necessary and doing the rest virtually is, is the way to go. Yeah, I, I, I think it's amazing. As, as soon as there's a risk that you can catch a deadly virus and all of a sudden that trip's not so important anymore. It sort of it reminds me of a case back when I used to design wind farms in the US and um, we were told at one stage that we had to go to every single wind farm. Some of the sites were dead flat sites in the Midwest. We used to take some Google Earth photos and put them in the reports from the sites so that we didn't have to go out there because I just, I couldn't justify it. Like I understand if it was complex terrain and out, you know, it's somewhere where no one had ever been before, but a dead flat paddock in the middle of the Midwest, it just used to blow my mind. It was such a waste of the earth's resources. And the whole reason we were doing this was to try and stop climate change. So it seemed a little counterproductive. For sure. You know, the other reality is, is the business community steps back and tries to figure out what this new hybrid work model is going to look like. Not only are you going to be cutting flight emissions, but you're going to be cutting emissions associated with driving. If somebody's getting to work from home two days a week, they're not driving back and forth to work. So it's really a win-win. Yeah. And I I think there are so many tools at our disposal now that weren't available just 10 years ago and not not just zoom meetings but also things like like google earth and being able to go and visualize something through the you know terabytes of data that we now have in different forms of storage around the world so that that you know being there in person becomes far less necessary and the biggest upside to all of that for me is that I think people start to care more about the planet around them when they start to spend more time in their own local environment rather than just getting on a plane and blindly flying to the other side of the planet. Yeah, I suppose we're we're preaching to the choir here. <laughs> but yeah. but definitely a great point. And so big thanks to Erica for sending us your thoughts. And we'd love to hear from the rest of you. So if you have questions or comments, drop us a line through our website or ping us on social. So that's it for this week's Spring Break Short. Full episodes start again first week of April. Climate Optimus is made possible by Climate Stewards Collective. You can find us on the web at climateoptimist.co. And don't forget to follow us on social at Climate Optimist Podcast. 